and we just sit around around a fire. <laughs> honestly, the honestly, without the hat on, you you really are gonna fit the bill of like a cultish looking monk. Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode from Embellish Pod, an opportunity for me to ramble about whiskey or something for a few minutes. If you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Hopefully I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send an email at embellishpod at gmail.com and I'll get that taken care of. You can also find video versions of this podcast on YouTube. You can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or TikTok with the same handle. I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com. And that is a place you can pick up these links, episode details, and more. Um, tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about influencers, um, whiskey, um, rolled ham or ham roll or pork roll or whatever it happens to be and a host of other things. Um, I have Ryan and Chrissy joining me and it's going to be a fantastic episode. So this evening I have Ryan and Chrissy joining me. These uh, two individuals were a part of the influencer panel at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Um, and I was able to, lucky enough to sit out in the audience and watch that. And I developed a whole bunch of questions that I wanted to kind of continue on. And so I reached out to them and asked them if they wouldn't mind hopping on. And they absolutely did hop on. Uh, so I'll give you guys, you know, a couple seconds or a minute to kind of explain who you are as if folks that are listening to this or watching this don't already know. But um, just give you a second uh, and we'll let Chrissy go first. Hi. Well, my name is Chrissy. Uh, I go by a little dab of bourbon on Instagram. Um, and so I, um, as on the panel, one of our, um, one of them, oh gosh, one of the people, why are words heard? It's 930. Um, <laughs> one of the people on the panel, not Nate, who was, is not with us at the moment, um, him and I laughed and joked um, because uh, I've been around Instagram since about 2014, 2015. I consider myself kind of the grandma of the social influencer world. <laughs> been around a minute, um, but um, I have been in the spirits industry for the last decade. Um, and I have just kind of joined the community and shared my experiences as I've gone along from, you know, writing, podcasting, um, all the way up to um, now currently working under the Blue Run umbrella. So sharing everything. All right, Ryan, now it's your turn. Uh, <laughs> I jokingly said it at the beginning, but I've been told many times not to say it that way. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan Mills. Um, I'm uh, that one dude, Ryan on most platforms everywhere. Uh, I don't have a whiskey background. I'm not from Kentucky, but I really love the spirit. It's mainly the art and science of it all, the history. I mean, what's not to like about whiskey? Um, and that's really where it all comes from. Uh, I've started my journey with Irish and Scotch whiskeys, um, jumping into bourbon about, say, six to eight years ago. Uh, depending on what year it actually is. Um, and since then, just posting stuff on the internet. And people, for some reason, tend to like it. And if they do, awesome. If they don't, then, hey, let's just talk whiskey. That's what I enjoy doing. So, Yeah, and sometimes if they don't like it, it's even more uh, feedback than if they do like it, right? Because people like to complain on the internet. Big um, time. Kind of as a, as a warm-up question here you know influencers 
at least from from the outside looking in, ha- are playing a larger and larger role in introducing a brand. Um, and if it, you know the the craft distillery um, vein is exploding, if I am a new craft distillery or just a new distillery in general, what should I be doing with influencers? If anything, you know, some may not, some may, but like, where, where should I start? What should I be doing? I'll let you go first. All right. So for me, this is kind of a fun question because I'm on the other side, right? I deal with a lot of craft distilleries because it's one of my passions. Like I love highlighting some of the newer distilleries that are out there, whether they're sourcing, whether they're producing themselves. To me, good whiskey is good whiskey, right? Uh, the best thing a craft distillery or, or a newer distillery or brand should try to do when reaching out is just reach out, just say hi. Um, one of the one of my many favorite craft distilleries, uh, if I can still consider it, that is Blue Run, right? Mike reached out and you're just like, I really like your stuff, and we chatted. He didn't even like come out and say, Hey, here's a bottle. He was just like, I just want to talk whiskey with somebody. And I was like, that's great because that's what my page is all about. Just talking whiskey. So we, we struck up a conversation. We had a good time talking about it. Um, I actually didn't, that, that made me go and like grab a bottle of blue run. And that initially is where it all kind of started. Same thing happened with Penelope, Mike and Danny reached out and we were just talking whiskey. I got to know a couple of the people on their team, some great, awesome people. I'm friends with Matt from, from Penelope. Um, it's all about getting in front of people, not just the big names, the that one whiskey dude Ryan's out there, right? It's just getting in front of people that enjoy whiskey and talking whiskey with them is essentially it. That's that's the number one thing. Um, who cares about followers? Who cares about engagement? If they like whiskey, talk with them. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say to them. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna piggyback on that. That's the number one thing. It, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, 400, 500 followers or 100,000 followers. The end goal is the fact that that person enjoys whiskey and they're openly out there speaking to it. So why not touch that person? Reach out, contact with them, and just make that connection because. It doesn't matter when it comes to it at the end of the day. And we've become so saturated that I think sometimes it gets a little bit lost in translation, especially if you just solely focus on one particular influencer. And I think all aspects of it is something to make sure that you hit and reach because you're going to make that person a fan no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll echo that a little bit. I don't I don't sit in the influencer vein in the same way that you guys do. But um, I'm really glad that y'all both mentioned Blue Run and Penelope um, because uh, in the summer of 22, I was able to interview both of them within about a two or three week time frame uh, when I had almost no followers, and that was exactly it. It was just like you know, it was some people that are very passionate about a thing that they do. Um, they started up their own thing, and they were willing to talk to anyone about it. And that's um, I think that's a, that's a great way to go. The trying to, to you know pass out free bottles that's a really easy game, but um, I think you build longer, lasting relationships with people if you just sit down and have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. You know what's really cool, and I have to just put this out there. I'm sorry, but like mm-hmm. Mike from Blue Run randomly sending cards, like yep. just he. Oh, I still have mine. That's like over here. I have one that is yeah. stuck in my shelf over here. I keep um, them all right it, here. 
in it's, the store. It's, it's a rare thing. And there's a few folks that are doing it. I've, I've noticed a couple other distilleries um, that have, I don't know if they've always been doing it. And I just found out after I got one from Mike or if they're just following his lead uh, either way, you know, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. So <laughs> kudos to them for paying attention. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten to the point where, you know, and, and that is a great thing that Mike has done, um, something that he still um, is committed to doing moving forward. Um, but, you know, he it's gotten to the point that people will even go buy Blue Run out from a store, send them a receipt and say, hey, I want my note now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's, I mean, great. it's so great. You know, he's created mm -hmm. this thing and it's something that people have attached to because it's a connection point when it comes an authentic connection mm -hmm. point when it comes to, you know, having that kind of communication with someone in the brand and one of the founders to have that like in today's day and age is incredible. Oh, yeah. John, we're going to hijack on this one uh, because that's the that was the word. That was the key word that just went popped into my head as soon as Chrissy said it was authenticity, right? That works on both the brand level as well as a, uh, I like the term content creator <laughs> on a content mm -hmm. creator level is if, is that authenticity, right? And if you're, if you're inauthentic, I think that's the word I want to use because, you know, I'm great with words. Um, if you're inauthentic, then like it 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 kind of loses its luster. It's only um, you're just wading the water, right? It's skin deep. Mm -hmm. But if you're fully authentic, if you're diving straight into it, like Mike, like like Mike and Danny from Penelope, like some of the other great craft distillery brands or craft brands that are out there. It helps us understand our love for the whiskey, not just for the shape of the bottle, the the, the logo, the mystique or the the street cred that it may get. But it's also because the people that work for them are just great and authentic. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that, Chrissy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's so true. And again, it's, you know, whiskey is in general is just such a unique thing that brings all of us from all different walks of life together. So to have that connection point, and you know, when someone is just not coming to the table with something um, that is true or authentic and, you know, to have that, it just creates longevity and it creates that connection of like, that is my brand. It'll always be my brand. Yes. Yeah, and and it kind of it dovetails in a little bit with something that um, David said while y'all were on the panel um, is you know the goal of an influencer, at least the the goal of a brand working with an influencer, is not to convince someone to buy a bottle. It's to convince someone to put down their drink, go buy a bottle, drink that bottle, and then buy a second one or a third one. And I think that's where authenticity and and reality kind of comes into play. If you're just trying to you know have a have a quick quick shell game where you're just going to swap bottles real fast. Um, that's pretty simple. But if you're trying to build something sustainably and growth minded, that has to be there. And, you know, when, when he said that on the panel, that was something that sort of stuck in my brain is like, okay, yeah, that makes sense from a, at least from a brand's perspective. It's not just to get them to buy one bottle, it's to get them to buy multiples because you don't build an empire off single bottle sales. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess uh, thinking about that and, and Chrissy, you work for a brand, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of your brand at all. Um, how, how do you think Ryan, I guess, how, how is a brand going to evaluate 
the kind of uplift that you're going to give them or do they, you know? Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, look, brands have, uh, capabilities to see things, right? Um, any brand that is reaching out to any type of social media content creator influencer out there, um, they have access to, I mean, they probably pay people to access, uh, metadata, the certain types of things out there that'll tell you what type of, um, you know, views they're getting, what type of uptick they're getting in total sales after that certain review, or, um, even like engagement rates and other things like that, that will happen. Okay. Uh, the way that I liken to it is like, I'm in I, my real, like what I call a big boy job is not in the whiskey industry. It's not any, I just, I, like I said, I have a passion for it. I absolutely love whiskey and I love the, the art and history and science behind it all. But in my day-to-day -day job and what I see from friends that are in the industry is they're out there huffing it, right? One person doing uh, uh, tastings every single night, seven days a week not caring because they have a passion for it as well. But one person in a store, take for instance, a medium-sized store, they're probably tasting what? 50 to 100 people every now and then at that one location. And then you're thinking, even if 50% of those people are purchasing a bottle that night, which is way high, let's just say that, mm -hmm. um, you're probably getting somewhere around what? 25 bottles sold in a weekend? from that one location, I'm pretty positive they can say, hey, I'm going to give this bottle to X, Y, and Z uh, social media person, and let's see what uptick happens. And they can look at companies like Sealbox or Mash and Grape or, you know, not to name names here, Curiata and all those guys, right? They can go, hey, how many bottles were sold online after that day? And they can go, we, we sold 150 bottles, right? Um, Influencers have single barrels that are constantly hitting the market on a day-to-day, -day, on a on a week-to-week, -week, um, you know, cadence. So they're going out there and they're putting out their own product, their own taste, and saying, "Hey, go buy go buy this bottle. It's a single barrel," and they're selling out. Right? Mm -hmm. That could be anywhere from 150 to 250 bottles, and easily selling out. Um, I like my claim to fame. Sorry, I'm going to have just a big head for a second. Uh, Blue Run, that double oaked, all I did was tasting notes on it. All I did was a, um, I still have the, like a little bit of the bottle left over here. Um, all I did was tasting notes on it. All I did was, was feature it and absolutely love it. Right. And that bottle sold out in like two and a half hours. So like, I'm like, that's awesome. I enjoyed that mm -hmm. so much. So there's essentially what I'm saying is, is there's ways of looking that up. There's ways of looking at the commitments. There's looking uh, at, you know, the engagement on that particular post. And then on top of that, if there's any type of conversation having, um, I'm sure the, the the person is sharing some of their statistics as well with that company. Mm -hmm. I'm a little long-winded, sorry. No, that's perfect. That, that, that's what this is for. Yeah, that was the one bottle that I wanted. <laughs> I didn't get that one. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I, was, I was so I was in an account that day. I was so mad. Oh no! I was just like I couldn't believe it, and I was I was chatting with Mike about it too. I was like, "Look, I'm, I'm semi competitive because I am in sales and marketing and things like that for my for my regular day job," and um, 
I absolutely love to highlight good whiskey. And mm -hmm. when I got that sample, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's a really good double oak rye. Yeah. I'm starting to see a pattern. I think I might have a thing for double oak. You're not the only one. You're, you're not going to be the only one that's, 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 that's super <laughs> into that. Um, at least from your perspective, Ryan, do you, do you find yourself, if you get a sample of something new and interesting, are you trying to get yours out there first? No. Uh, I think if it's any consolation, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Everybody already knows it. I have a floor full of whiskey over here. Mm -hmm. um, all of those need to be reviewed. Uh, and the only reason why I say they need to be reviewed, because I want to review all of those, not just for me. Mm -hmm but for just people that follow along and just, I get questions all the time. Like, Hey, I, I saw the starlight Amber on a finish. I really want to know what you feel about it. Um, mm -hmm. So I have this feeling that I need to get it out there. Um, but I also uh, forgot what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to try to, you try to get there first. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm not the biggest guy on like, let's get it out there as soon as humanly possible, because I do want to spend some time with it. I want to give people mm -hmm. not only just a general, a genuine reaction, but a genuine like idea as to what it is. Right. I don't want to go, Hey, this is really good. And then go, wait, let me come back to it. And I don't know if that was really good. Why did I, why did I rush that? So I never want to rush things. I do mail calls. If you look at my stories on Instagram, you'll see what I get in the mail. Um, but you may not see an actual quote unquote review on it for a month or two. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that answers and the question that I forgot. It, it, it does. Um, and, and the reason for the question is that at least from what I observe and, and maybe you guys see the same thing. Um, sometimes it feels like, from content creators, I'll stop using the other term for content creators. Um, it can almost become an echo chamber real quick, right? Real quick. The first person to hit. And, and I spent some time with this and I was working on an episode and I decided to stop because um, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be insulting of anyone that is creating content, but regularly, if you're in one of the top five or 10 um, kind of realms of reviewing or influencing that first one that hits Nine times out of 10, everyone follows suit behind that. This is good. This is bad. Now, it may be that it is objectively good or bad. But do you and for me, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a small holder. Do I feel confident saying, nah, they're wrong. This is good. Right. Um, and, and the case study for me is you're thinking about the um, Leopold brothers put out their three chamber rye a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and it immediately hit and a bunch of people were like, this is terrible. But then as people who spend time with whiskey and start thinking about what it actually is, instead of just like, is this going to be the next Sagamore or the next this or the next that? No, 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 no. There's something a little more complex to it. And it took a while for it to kind of come back around. And people be like, okay, well, this isn't so bad. And so that's why I was kind of saying, if you rush to get it out there, are you trying to get out of, get out ahead so you're not influenced by other people? Like, as an influencer, are you going to be influenced? And then are you going to participate in the echo chamber or try to fight against it? Great question. I, I don't know if Chrissy has anything on. I, I don't want to like interrupt. <laughs> no, I, was, I, you know, for me, I think it's twofold in, in that regard. I, I do. I agree. The echo chamber does get massive, but also, you know, for, for me, I also try to stick with 
people that are in alignment with my palette, even like who I'm paying attention to, who are very much in alignment with my palette and listen to what they have to say. Um, but also at the end of the day, taste is subjective. And I, I, I see the, the rush when that does happen. And then like, there is like this one consistent opinion on it, but I also question, you know, like, again, what's going to happen with those people if they're all coming out and saying, oh my gosh, like the Leopold brothers, like, I don't like this, this was not great. And then revisiting it and going, oh my gosh. Um, I think part of that influence is what you're reading, knowing about the product and going in, not necessarily 100% unbiased. Um, Ryan put a post out not too long ago about, you know, whiskey tasting good and not getting sucked into the age and, you know, all the minute details. If it tastes good, it tastes good. And I think, you know, it's a full effect that happens when you do see influencer or content creators rushing to get those out, you know, and it's that echo chamber of the same thing rather than just kind of standing on your own and going against the grain. And I think, you know, goes to that authenticity is that it may not be a popular opinion, but at the same time, it's you and it's authentic to you. And I think that in itself speaks more volumes. Oh, 1000%. I don't know if I could have said it any better myself, um, I, but I agree 100%. Here's the fun part about this. Um, and I don't want to step on any toes or, or make anybody mad by saying it, but to consider yourself the utmost authority or expert on anything uh, automatically disqualifies you. Mm -hmm. Because we are, we're, we're, we're tasting whiskey here. Um, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But either way, that's our opinion. And anybody that, in in my opinion, kind of waffles on their own opinion kind of falls a little flat. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to sit here and say, I haven't tried a bottle of whiskey and been like, oh, this is terrible. And then came back a few months later and, and gone, oh, well, a little bit of oxidation got to it. It opened up a little bit. Mm -hmm. it's still not my favorite, but it's gotten better over time, you know, sitting in the bottle. Um, but no, I, that's, I don't think anybody should rush it. I don't, there, mm -hmm. I'm not the person, and I'm sure there's a lot of other quote unquote influencers, content creators that are out there that get a bottle and immediately go, we have to do something right now on this. And if we don't, it's, it's the end of the world. It's also kind of like the same vein of the people that are like, I make entertaining, entertaining content, right? Or I hope so. I'm trying. Um, and if you like it, then you like it. If you don't, then you don't. But you really rarely ever see me talk about news. And there's a lot of people that will get random press releases and they're like, I have to immediately put it out there in front of the entire mm -hmm. world for, for the world to see. But like we all know, we all, I mean, the majority of people can, if you love whiskey, you're going to know the news for whiskey. Um, so no, I don't think anybody needs to put it out there first and foremost, but I like the way what Chrissy was saying, if you can get it out there first and not have kind of the influence, the influencer type of deal, I think it was both of you that said it. So I apologize. Um, you know, it, it, it would help, but mm -hmm. don't sit in an echo chamber hmm. Yeah, as Ryan rambles. 
And, but I will say also like the thing that for me, and this is something that I share with a lot of people all the time. And I credit Freddie Johnson every single time um, early in my career. And Freddie was my very first tour guide at, for my very first tour ever at a distillery. And we were, we got talking and I specifically said something about um, not liking something. I said it was crap. It was disgusting. And Freddie looks at me and he's like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to tell you right now. And this is something that you're either going to take it or you're going to leave it. He goes, and you do with it as you wish. He's like, but the one thing I want you to remember is there's nothing that's really super bad. I mean, there might be stuff that just doesn't work with your palate. And how you approach it and how you speak to it, he's like, there are so many people who are behind the brands from farmers to bottlers, labelers, um, marketing. There are so many people who are behind each of those brands and so incredibly proud of what they're doing day to day by you openly coming out and saying, oh, my God, that's crap. Oh, that tastes disgusting like you are just diminishing every aspect of what they're putting into that and you would never say that to that person's face would you and i yeah. just kind of took that step back and i was like you are correct <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was but it's, it's for me that like i share that a lot because i do think you know, we are rushed a lot of times and we are rushed into the fact of like, this stuff is disgusting. This is group, you know, like, and I've seen it time and time again. And I think we owe the respect to the whiskey. It doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter that, but it's, we owe the respect to the people behind every single brand mm -hmm. to know that, Hey, that's just not working with my palate. And like Ryan said, maybe go back a couple of months later and revisit. Absolutely. I mean, one of my worst experiences was was on a negative review because, you know, what was it, four or five years ago, four years ago, when I was just taking pictures and writing tasting notes like, you know, so many other people do. Um, I made it a point not to say my opinion on it, right? I just said, look, and I say to this day, this is not my, this is my opinion and my opinion alone. Mm -hmm. I, I like everybody to try it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But... These were the tasting notes, and that in that 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 distillery in particular um, had an absolute field day in my comments. So you're only going to do yourself a disservice mm -hmm. on a negative review. Mm -hmm. But I also did a semi. It wasn't my palate once again on one of those uh, one of the brands that we went and saw at Kentucky Bourbon Fest. Like I think it, like half of everybody was there. Um, and I said, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but it could be yours. And you know what that brand said to me? That brand was like, look, I'm sorry we couldn't get you this time, but maybe the next time it'll be a it'll be a good bottle. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for not ripping me a new behind on that. Mm -hmm. So there's ways of handling that as well. But telling people that it's your opinion, paramount, 100 mm -hmm. paramount. Mm -hmm. And saying things are crap, I I don't really subscribe to that one. I don't mm -hmm. like that. I don't need, well, I mean, Freddie knocked me into an alignment on that one. So it's one that I will constantly moving forward. And everyone's like, oh, that's a safe option. And I said, no, it's not safe. It's, it's my palate. Taste is subjective. You know, I, 
I don't know what you ate that day. Like, I don't know what, you know, music was playing in the ground, but there's so many different factors that go into it. So I had jalapeno tacos and that, that whiskey was absolutely <laughs> all of a sudden it tastes terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. that, that was probably because you ate jalapenos on tacos. Congratulations. Yeah. We've been shooting absinthe all day long. Now it's time to drink whiskey. Um, right. and, and I'll say there, there are some things that are markedly bad, right? Like Malort is terrible. Like, mm. I think we can all agree that it's absolutely <laughs> but, Hey, you're going to make all those people in Chicago very mad right now. Look, ha half of the people that I work with daily are based in downtown Chicago, and I say it to them every day, too. So it's, it's fine. In Chicago, like with Malort, I was right. completely, and when I first moved there, they were like, oh, this is, welcome to Chicago. Everyone does this. And like, it's hazing. It's, it's absolute hazing. I, I went to college. I know exactly what this is. Yeah. Um, but I think at least whenever I look at something, if unless it is faulted, right, there is something that is actually wrong. Like it got corked or whatever. There's floaters or whatever. It's, I may not like it, but can I pick out a flavor in here and tell people, oh, I taste this thing. Because if you really like licorice, you may like this. I'm not going to. I don't like licorice. But if you like licorice, this is here. And mm -hmm. that's always kind of the way I've, I've viewed things. But how, how do you taste? Like, so what do you do? When you say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to, I'm going to taste this, you know, what is your process? For me, I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. It is first thing in the morning. Um, I mean, I have like afternoon, evening, but I also will go back if I can't get to something first thing in the morning. Um, I'll taste it in the evening, but I always go back the next morning just to kind of see. For me, that just seems to be a nice sweet spot for me personally. Yeah. But I go through and I'm very like, you know, I don't have coffee. I wake up and drink a big, huge glass of water um, and just kind of go about it in that regard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. So like, if I want to do a, an actual like pure tasting, essentially, I want to get everything I possibly can get out of it. It's going to be, a small sampling in the morning. It's not drinking in the morning. Right. Don't get it twisted. It's just a, it's a small sampling, coat the palate, get some air in there, taste it, retrohale, all that jazz. Right. Uh, I, I always find it funny when people are like, so how do you taste your whiskey? And I'm like, do you, do you not watch my videos where I just slam shit around? And, well, in the and morning, you're slamming and sipping first thing in the morning. I'm, just, I'm like this with my hair's all messed up and I'm just like, no, joke. Um, but no, I think in, in real tastings, that's 100%. Have a little bit of a sample in the morning, grab a note. I mean, I keep notebooks around filled with, with tasting notes, nosings, colors, proofs, all that jazz. Um, all the nerdy things that, that people do. Uh, I do it as well. I don't just slam bottles and, and give a, an initial reaction. I try to pull apart the whiskeys as they come. And that's why I'm not, you know, huge on just drinking one type of spirit or one type of whiskey. I have to have, you know, you see behind me, the, the scotches, the Isla scotches, the, the Canadian whiskeys, even though I make fun of them constantly. Um, you know, Chrissy's dead on morning time. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Mm -hmm. Do you brush your teeth before or after? Uh, it's a before mm -hmm. or after I'm sorry. I drink before I brush my teeth. Okay. I want my mouth and then brushing with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
it's alcohol. It's just, it's cleansing. Um, no, I like to have my, I'm, I'm a, I'm a subscriber to the fact of like, if your mouth, if you do things on the normal, right. You smoke cigars. If you, uh, vape, if you do other things, you're not, you're fresh in the morning, right? right? You're not doing things that are, that are going to, um, I'm trying to think of the word that I don't want to say inhibit. Stop. Google voice. That's the worst thing ever. Um, that's going to inhibit your tasting, right? You're used to your mouth tasting a certain way. And that's just what it's going to be. You're at your, you're at your zero. So Mm -hmm. after I give a few little bit of a sips and and go through my little thing, then I go and I brush my teeth because minty toothbrush will just ruin everything. No, I, I, the only reason I asked that is because I had someone kind of like do like that face, like, Oh wait, you don't wake up, brush your teeth. And you know, like if you're, I'm like, not if I'm going to be drinking whiskey, like, and I don't drink, I don't brush my teeth before drinking my coffee either. Like, mm-hmm. no. Mm. I'm not sitting back going glug, 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 glug. <laughs> you know, it, that's the worst part too. Cause you know what? I, I almost, when we do barrel picks in Kentucky or we do barrel picks elsewhere, it's always such a bad morning because I want to wake up, take a shower, brush my yeah. teeth, get a cup of coffee, just kind of relax before going to these distilleries. And then I have to remind myself, you can take a shower, but brushing your teeth might be a bad option. It might be a good idea unless it's like an hour or two later, then it's okay. Right. Like wake up super early, then brush your teeth. But if you're going directly like eight o'clock in the morning, somebody's opening up the Rick house for you. It's like, oh, come on, man. No. No, then you gotta sneak don't stand too close. No, I'm just all over. I'm just like, hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> My wife's like, so that's how you get them to give you distance in a in a tasting, huh? Mm-hmm. You bring one of those those um, the little I can't even I don't even know what they're called. The little like to go toothpaste or toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like small. You just kind of eh, do it a really quick thing, and you're like, okay, I'm at lunch. I don't need to worry about it now. I'll I'm gonna eat, but I'm gonna brush my teeth before I eat. And then mm-hmm. you just, you're drinking all the rest of the day. Yep. Everybody's at home so, going, ew. <laughs> it's not the worst thing that's ever been said on this uh, particular podcast. <laughs> uh, you, so you said you keep notebooks and you you said the word colors, right? Are you talking about the color of whiskey or are you talking about tasting color? No. I mean, look, I, I believe that there are people out there that like get a, get a certain uh, note or something on their palate. And they're just like, mm-hmm. why does that taste like blue? I'm not that guy. <laughs> When okay. I say color, I mean like the color of the overall whiskey, the, you know, amber notes, honey, gold, you know, those types of deals. Um, I, I am the jackass that saw like, uh, what was it called? Um, Psalm. There's like three versions of Psalm, right? And they're like, mm, it's gold. It's amber with a gold ring. And yes, I did do that for the first like couple of weeks after. And then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> That's just gold. We're just going to call it what it is. Um, so I write all that down. That's all. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were a synesthesia guy or not. Um, I know a lot of people that are. That's the, the no, I only see colors and colors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's included in that. And I have several friends that are like, this absolutely tastes purple. Not, and yeah. not like grape purple. It's just the color purple. Like it has nothing to do with what you would think a purple flavor would be or whatever. Um, so you, you, you said earlier, you know, there are brands that often, you know, like they came to you and they're like, Hey, sorry, we didn't get you this time. We're going to try to get you next. What can they do? Right. Cause like in, in the panel, 
one of the things that David talked about was um, as, as a person who built and sold a brand, he wanted to lean into the critics to, to see if he can yeah. get them to change their mind or to kind of become a fan. How do they get there? Like if, if you're not a fan of the whiskey or even the brand for that matter, like how do they change your mind? Uh, I'm going to say, take your critiques, take your criticisms, right? Take your, take your notes on what people are saying about your whiskey. Um, there are a lot of companies out there. They're like, we know what we're doing. We have hundreds of people that work for us. We know what we're doing. Okay, great. So then don't be mad if people don't like your stuff. Mm. You know, if you think a million people love your stuff and only the vocal hundred don't, um, then good for you, right? But the brands that do really well, the brands that uh, succeed are the ones that are going to go, okay, they said it's a little bit tannic or they said it, it reminds them of like copper or metal. There's a metallic note. Let's try to take that out. Let's get it out of there. Let's figure out where along the lines, whether it's the grain during the fermentation or the maturation project process, what is it that that's making that note? And let's try to work that out. Um, and you know what? Some of my favorite brands are the ones that will take that and go, thank you for that information. We'll work on it. And then they did. And then it got really, really good. So that's all I'm going to say. Take the critique. Yeah, no, I, was gonna, I wholeheartedly agree. And the fact is um, taking that feedback and, you know, taking the feedback, but also like doing something about it, being active around it. And instead of just being so closed off that, like, you're just like, nope, nope, this is the greatest stuff that's out there. And again, it is great. It's good. But also at the same time, like, it's not going to be for everybody. Not everything is for everybody. And I think that's some of the biggest misconceptions in this is that everything's going to be for everybody at some point. And it's not. Yeah. I've, I've come to the conclusion like early on in my bourbon drinking world that I'm not a huge fan of nutty bourbons, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a number one culprit out there that we all know makes <laughs> nutty bourbons. Yep. And I was very vocal about not, I shouldn't say very vocal, but I would say you don't really see many reviews on this particular brand. And it's a big one. I'm not going to name names, but it's a big one. And those that know, know, but as I grow older and as my palate changes and as my preferences change, their bourbon's actually getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. So there's that too. Critique, well, listen to it, but. Yeah, but I also think there's some things like for me personally, there's um, when that barley is dialed up for me personally, there's a like when I taste that bourbon uh, mid palate, as soon as I get this very either astringent or very tannic note, I am completely out. Um, and there's not anything that anybody can do around that. It's just me personally. And that's, I guess, also knowing and understanding your palate and how that bourbon's going to hit um, with different flavors, notes whatever. But I think that's something um, also to be noted is that like as much as I would love for them to be able to go and do and change when that for me, particularly when a barley in a bourbon is turned up, I'm out. 
like it just doesn't sit well in my palate. See, this is this is the fun. This is what gets me all geeky and stuff because when I when I start talking about like barley and stuff, I'm a huge fan of like American single malts. Not only that, but I, I had a really good conversation with a master distiller who I never ever thought that I would ever have a conversation with on Instagram. Um, and coolest dude, coolest dude, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And him and I had a really good conversation about bourbons with malted barley in it or with barley in it in general. And that some companies just know how to do it properly and some don't know how to store or uh, what is it? Ferment and distill. Because even if you're distil distilling barley in an improper way, it is overly tannic mm -hmm. and it's like mildewy on the palate and some people just don't like it. So I, I agree with you. There's some whiskeys out there that just do not hit right. No, I mean, it's same for me. It's why I try with scotch and it's just something that, I mean, Daniel from the whiskey marketing school, it is his life mission to find um, a scotch that I will enjoy and there's been uh, two that have hit, and they're some of the more rare scotches of, and most expensive scotches out there that I will never see in my, <laughs> again, I got to taste. But I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, and to your point, like sometimes it's something as simple as that. Um, and also sometimes it might just be your palate too. Yeah. You heard it here first. Chrissy's a huge fan of Ardbeg. No, <laughs> <laughs> will be so excited, but no. <laughs> you, no, you, no, no. You're gonna start some sort of a riot because the the Ardberg um, clan will show up. They are how dare you say distinct, By the way, <laughs> they are no, a very very distinct group of people. Look at what's behind me, dang it! I know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're channeling Daniel for me. <laughs> Are we talking about Riddington? Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh no, a huge fan. I absolutely. I am a. I am a hundred percent card carrying uh, cult of Ardbeg. I love Ardbeg. Yeah. Um, and See, I, I was trying to steer mean. clear of the cult. I didn't want to go that route. Let me get my card real quick. It's like a. It's like a Justice not. League. <laughs> so do, do you have a brand as well on your shoulder where you had the? you know, poke on and go get branded. That's Gotta right. do like one of these things. And we just sit around, around a fire. <laughs> honestly, a honestly, without the hat on, you, you really are going to fit the bill of like a cultish looking monk. Like it's, there. <laughs> like, it is. A <laughs> thank you. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, and one other thing I learned is that apparently um, that particular nutty bourbon is for old men, right? So the older you get, the more you like it. So it's just made for old people. Right. Yeah, it used to be for old granddads. Now it's more for, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Because I How clever! Anyway. That was that yeah. was very very clever. Um, so do, do you ever do you ever worry that in in the in the influencer slash content creator, um, do you think or worry that free bottles are diluting people's perception of what you're putting out right the fact that you've been given a free bottle you're bought you're you know whatever right? and how do you counteract that i almost feel like um and i know i do this 
Um, I don't know how everybody does their, their side of things. Um, I'm very straight to the point um, that if someone wants to send me something in doing that, you know, you're getting me and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to having that bottle is great. Um, it'll get added to my shelf. Um, but at the same time, um, it doesn't warrant um, all rainbow sunshine and puppies. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I am in the exact same boat. Uh, you can talk to any distillery that has sent me a bottle and that's pretty much how every single one of my communications with them is. Mm -hmm. um, sure. You can go ahead and send me a bottle if you'd like, uh, but I'm letting you know, you're going to get 100% my opinion. Right. Um, now with that being said, I will not speak for everybody. Most of the people that were on our panel will tell you 100% that that is the case, right? Um, I mean, that's on the panel, just going through the panel. Mm -hmm. We had da uh, Dave, Zach, we had Nate, Chrissy, myself. Um, I mean, that's, that's Zach's job, right? He writes yep. for, for Uproxx. So he's definitely not going to sugarcoat anything. Mm -hmm. um, for guys like me who are not in the industry, who are just a, a dude in an office with a passion for whiskey, I'm in the same boat. Right. But that's not everybody. Uh, like I said, there's no names being called out here. There are people that get free bottles and they just feel and they approach me with this. They feel like I didn't like this. What do I say? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. speak the truth. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but what if they get mad at me? I'm like, uh, have you seen any of my posts about Buffalo Trace? Like, I, I'm not saying they're bad whiskey, but some of the business practices, my Lord. So like, do I care if a distillery gets mad at me? No, but I want them to understand where I'm coming from, right? In my opinion, this is how I feel. Let's have an open conversation about it. And sometimes having that negative post or in your opinion, not so good post opens up a line of dialogue between them that can either help them go on their very merry way. Sorry, I hit my microphone. Uh, go on their very merry way of becoming the brand that everybody wants them to be. Mm -hmm. I hope that helped. Again, I felt like I was just pontificating. <laughs> it keeps going and keeps going. It doesn't shut the hell up. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that for me, like the, the answer in that becomes truth becomes the currency that you pay for the bottle effectively with, right? Whether you're going to, whether you're going to, um, like it or dislike it. Uh, sometimes the dislike is more valuable than the like, because it's a hundred percent honest at that point. Right. People can yeah. question if you say, I really like this thing, they can question whether you're telling the truth or not. But if you say you don't like it, why would you lie about not liking a thing? Right? It's weird, right? That's the weird part. Sorry. Go ahead, Chrissy. No, I was going to say it, but I think people can see through that too, mm -hmm. especially those that, um, you know, have, you know, have been following, have talked to, conversed with them. Um, I think you can see through that. And, you know, I don't think companies want to put um, content creators in that position to not be themselves either. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a few, there are a few brands and they're not anybody of significance. I would say not to be rude. I'm not going to say names, but there are brands out there that are like, we would love to send you a bottle. And you're like, great. 
um, you're going to get a hundred percent me, like whether I like it, whether I hate it. And they're like, okay. And then they never show up ever again. That's kind of a, and then all of a sudden you start seeing other people getting that whiskey and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what happened? Yeah, that's fair. There, that's fair. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's kind of the, it's, it's kind of the uh, negating your opinion by just pushing you to the side and look, all all power to them that's perfectly fine uh there's more than enough to go around for everybody so it is what it is but it is weird when when there's a and it's like the echo chamber you're talking about before john with you know one person says it's good the next person says it's good the next person says it's good and then you're like but is it really good mm-hmm. so you, you got to have somebody that disagrees, right? Like you, you've got to have that. And this is a really weird <laughs> correlation, but there's, have you ever seen World War Z, the, the movie World War Z? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So the, the reason you have the one country that has the wall and they're prepared. And the reason they did that is because they had one person that like, everybody agrees, everything's fine. You got one person, their whole job is to disagree. You got to have mm-hmm. a disagreeing voice in the devil in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a fantastic movie, but I use that a lot at work. Like whenever, whenever people start like, oh, we all agree. I'm like, no, somebody's got to disagree. Cause we got to validate that we're not in an echo chamber. Right. Well, I'm cool with people that want to play skeptic. Like mm-hmm. I'm right there. That's me. Yeah. I'm the skeptic. I'm the guy that goes, is, is that particular release that good? Let me try it. Like, and then I'll go and I'll find the bottle somewhere or, Somebody will reach out to me and go, hey, I found a bottle of it. Do you want me to pick it up for you? And I'm like, absolutely. Let me get it. So like I have one of those right now sitting on the floor that I just cannot wait to do a review on because I want to know if the hype is real, right? Mm -hmm. And if the hype's real, I'll be the first one to admit, hey, I was a little bit skeptical about this. The hype's real. But to be purposefully negative, I don't think anybody needs that. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't need the the naysayer for the sake of naysaying, because I think that's also disingenuous. That's the word I was looking for. Um, you definitely don't want that person around just purposefully, uh, for lack of better terms, crapping on everything. Right. Or saying like everything's garbage because everybody else likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I mean, we have a term for that in the content creator influencer world they're 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 rage farmers they're doing it on purpose in order to get you to go how dare you click 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 because they understand that the more you watch the video and in rage you comment you fight with other people on their post you are now helping them Mm. so just putting that out there so is that what, are you rage farming when you talk bad about Buffalo Trace? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> No, I truly believe, so I've always said, I, yeah. I love the, I love the whiskey they make. I'm trying not to say juice. I love the whiskey they make. There are a few that I'm not the biggest fans of. My mm-hmm. main concern with them is how they do business. business practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, and I've said it multiple times, the amount of labels that get put out there and other things like mm-hmm. that. But I love the whiskey that they make. Matter of fact, if you look at TikTok, when I actually did the like who cares about BTEC coming out, Ooh, people were yeah. like, everybody cares at BTEC. Right. All the whiskey world cares, they know it's coming. We all mm-hmm. know it was coming. It releases right. in late September, early October every, every year. year. Right. Back every to the press year. release thing. Like, this is not a press release you need to share with anyone because right. it largely. And I got a lot of DMs like- for that too, by the way. 
Um, yeah, like and that's the, the press point. releases whenever brands get bought. Yeah, I'm absolutely sharing that, especially when it's people that oh, I've interviewed. I'm like, hey, you know, whenever Blue Run got bought, whenever Penelope gets bought, I'm like, yeah, yeah. everybody look at this. This is amazing, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's a cool, celebration. That's why. Yeah. Like, you don't have to Bardstown, advertise BTAC. Right. Yeah. Bardstown uh, winning, uh, what was it, Whiskey of the Year, or not, Distillery of the Year, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's awesome. Yep. Good for them. High five, right? That's never a, a we want to share in the joy of the situation. Mm-hmm. But like for that, I was like, I don't care about the news. We all know the news on that. Right. And people mistook that as like, oh, you don't have BTAC on your shelf? And I'm like, yeah, I got a couple bottles. Like, mm-hmm. you don't care? You think that Buffalo Trace makes bad whiskey? And I'm like, I never, never said, that. said that. So like, why would you assume that I did? So yes, there's a big difference between rate, like saying Blanton's is garbage. We all know it's right. not garbage. Now the price is, however. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not as good as it was, right? Like, because it's getting younger. It is what it is. Oh, I had a 1984 at Neat in Louisville. That 1984 slapped. Yeah. Last spring, I had one from the early 90s. And it, there's a distinct difference. It, it, it is what it is. Well, at um, that time, point in time, some of those, you know, were almost 16 years old. So, yeah. like, yeah, vastly different. And that's, you know... And if you think about it, at that point in time, it sat on the shelf for like $34. So, <laughs> yeah, there was Everybody a lot of stuff it. that, like, the, the uh, 20, 21 year old uh, me walked past uh, whenever I was broke. That I, I think about now, like, you know, if I'd have known, I, I could retire on you wouldn't uh, what be it's worth. broke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be broke. Um, but, and, and so, you, you sort of touched on this. You've got one that you really want to review that's sitting right next to you. And, and mm-hmm. I find myself in this position sometimes, right? I don't do a ton of reviews, but occasionally I'll do a review where I, I, I found myself in this like Schrodinger's whiskey situation, right? Because there's a particular heritage brand that put out a brand new bottle, which was something unique for what they've done about a month and a half ago. Um, it's really old compared to what they've always put out. And I have the bottle and I don't want to open it because it's both great and terrible at the same time, but I don't know. And so I can live in the believing that it's going to be great. Yeah. I wish I could. Do you catch yourself with that? Do do, do you like catch yourself like, "Ah, I want it to be good, but I don't, I don't know yet. I want everything to be good. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just going to put that out there. I, I start off opening bottles, hoping that it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to get my hopes up too high and I try, I try to try everything at least once. Right. Um, maybe that particular brands older whiskey. Um, I've tried on three separate occasions when it was released. And if it's the same one that I'm thinking of, it wasn't my palate. Mm -hmm. So I like, when I get bottles, I need to pop them. Like I want to try them. The only Mm -hmm. time I don't is when I know that I'm setting them up specifically for like a review because again i want it to be somewhat of a fresher bottle i do pour one thing out of it but i want it to uh get its time to get reviewed so Mm -hmm. everything that i have here needs to be popped at some point Mm -hmm. and then i'll just give it to a friend or something if i don't want it yeah Mm -hmm. i just had that conversation actually um this past weekend and it instilled a massive argument um, because the reviews that instantly came out were just not in not very favorable 
Um, and for me, um, that particular one uh, was a gateway for me. So I always have a love for. And so again, I went into it at even hearing everything. And I was like, at the end of the day, if this is for me, it's for me. And so, you know, like we were talking about that fact is like, do you roll in and kind of like what we were talking about that echo chamber. And we ended up basically deciding that everybody rolled into that echo chamber. And then we yeah. sat there that night after trying about, I don't know how many bourbons at that point. Um, it was a failed movie night turned drinking night, um, but went back and revisited it and turned out that those people changed their mind. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it was like, oh, wait a minute. Why did I believe in this? Why did I hear this? Um, and, but I'm of the philosophy, if it's good for me, it's good for me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about what everybody else is saying around that one. Um, there, I've gotten to the point where um, I do get excited about upcoming releases, but I have become more, uh, I would say more intentional with what I'm focused on that's going to be released. I would love to be able to have every, I've gotten out of control. Um, I'm, <laughs> my bottle count is insane and I'm pushing myself out of my house with bottles. So I had to reel it in. So I become more intentional in what I'm going to hunt, look for, or what's going to be at a bar and taste and then make that decision. I'm going to go for that bottle. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think, again, it, it falls back to that echo chamber. And at the end of the day, if it's for me, it's for me. Yeah. And I, I know with this particular offering, there were some uh, bottles that were labeled. They were not officially for sale, but they were floating around Louisville proper back in February, labeled overmatured. And I was able to try that and was like, this is fantastic. I am so excited for this particular release. Um, and then it becomes, okay, now how does it connect once it actually hits production, right? Because those one-off bottles are very different than what comes off the production line sometimes. And sometimes they're exactly the same. Um, but I know I'm bringing a preconceived bias into it because I want it to be good. Like I just want it to be good no matter what anyone else says, because I'm with you. Like this is a, this is a gateway bourbon for me as well, right? Like it, it, it's the first one that I ever had, you know, multiple bottles of, and you go visit the distillery and it's beautiful mm -hmm. and all of these different things. And, you know, before what it looks like now, we're talking like in the early two thousands or yeah. the mid two thousands when it was still very factory like, you know? It's Kentucky. It is what it is. Um, but I've, yeah, Schrodinger's whiskey is a real thing for me. There are certain releases that I'm like, you know, if I don't open it, it's both great and terrible at the exact same time. And I don't <laughs> have to, like, I can, I can live in the ignorance of what's going to happen. I feel like there needs to be like a logo for that. Like it's like a cat in a bottle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead make a shirt. You're, you're the shirt guy, right? Like you can get, get a shirt. I don't really do logos. Um, but no, that, that, that would be kind of fun to do like a, like a, like a, a tater sticker with that. Yeah, <laughs> that would. <laughs> well, honestly, like if, if you got the right bottle that, you know, no one's ever going to actually crack and they're just going to continually flip. It's a perfect label for it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Whoever, whoever does that needs to pay all royalties to John. <laughs> there, there, I don't think there's anything unique. I've heard other people refer to it, but I'll take credit for it today. Um, Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Um, um, so part of the conversation at 
um, at the festival was around paying influencers, right? And uh, some brands do, some brands don't. Do you? Th- where do you fall? Is this, is this a, is this a thing that should be done? Shouldn't be done? How do you how do you think? I mean, I'll happily answer. Um, I don't care. I, it's just me, like me as a person. Um, do I think that there should be some type of uh, how do I put this? Do I think there should be some type of gain for somebody that's out there that is already like content rich and just like, I'm going to be pushing a whole bunch of content out there. I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it as long as the person's being authentic in their approach of how they're doing it. Now there are good ways of doing it and there's are bad ways of doing it. Right. If you're saying, should a company approach somebody and say, Hey, we have this whiskey. We want you to give me a review on this whiskey, but it needs to be favorable and we're willing to give you X amount of dollars. Um, no, no, thank you. Have a great day would be my approach to that. If you're telling me that I have to give you a favorable review because you want to pay me, um, no, thank you. It goes the same way with, with the giving a, a bottle or a sample for review. Um, no, thank you go that way. Now, if it just so happens to be a company that I've worked with in the past or a company that I've, I've enjoyed in the past. And they're like, we would like for you to do like a campaign style type deal where you're giving us a little bit about the distillery or maybe about the history of the brand or, you know, what this type of whiskey is. And I already know that I enjoy it. Then what is the harm in that to have, little bit better quality content that's a little bit thought out instead of just you know my usual garbage um (laughs) i don't have a problem with somebody being paid for anything that they do but they have to enjoy it like that's just the thing for me i don't Mm -hmm. care what you do or where you're going with it as long as you authentically enjoy it or you you want to highlight it for a reason then do you but don't just get money for it and say everything's great that's (laughs) disgusting in my opinion yeah. And that's something for me, I, I don't participate in, I wouldn't participate in, um, because it takes away from me. Um, and what I have put out there this entire time, you know, like when you're putting stuff out there, you're sharing a piece of yourself. Um, you're open, you're vulnerable. And, um, you know, it's something that I wouldn't personally partake in. Like Ryan said, maybe if it was a campaign, or something along those lines, but, um, and I can see people kind of getting like sucked into that component of it, but like you're doing yourself more of a disservice than anything. And, you know, how are you really helping by putting that out there in the, in the long run as well? Yeah. And this is sort of the way I viewed it. And I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to frame the question as, um, well as possible so it doesn't lead you to an answer in one direction or the other. But I think, you know, if, if you're building a marketing campaign, how are you any different than any other, any other marketing partner, right? Like if it's an actual marketing campaign, and you don't even necessarily have to like it at that point if you're saying, hey, this is what it looks like in cocktails and this is what the brand is and you're doing education, right? You're doing education on the brand um, and you're never taking the position of, I like this, 
you're no different than than any other marketing partner that would exist at that point, right? Like any oh, yeah. PR agency. Yeah. Um, yeah, I well, think. Can... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you can go ahead. I, I, no, I was going to say. Well, you can kind of see those 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 kind of um, how do I put it? Those those styles of content, right? It's like a lifestyle. It's almost like lifestyle content. It's more of a lifestyles post, right? It's kind of like a. a a scan in or scan out or just a regular type of everyday run of the mill type content. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't have a passion for it or an enjoy of it, um, I think that that would be the, the overall tell, mm -hmm. like just for somebody saying like, uh, you should try these guys out. Well, why you didn't even give me your opinion mm -hmm. on it. Like you didn't even say anything. Right. We see that a lot too in the influencer world where somebody's like gifted a bottle. And instead of saying something along the lines of like, it wasn't my cup of tea, but maybe you might enjoy it. They'll say, um, it was light and great for cocktails. And you're like, ah. yeah. great for cocktails is the place for all the bad whiskey, right? Like I that's, saw that's people are going. Oh, a hundred percent. But I'm not going to yuck other people's yums when it comes to mm -hmm. stuff like this, because there are a lot of brands out there that people really do enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. And no, and as much as anybody would say, like, I definitely would not, if Lux Row, and I'm a huge, like, I mean, look at all this Blood Oath and Lux Row, and I love everything. Well, except for maybe the, the Ezra Brooks 99, I wasn't a fan of. But if they were like, hey, Blood Oath, we want to do like a, a year campaign on Blood Oath, I would be like, really? Just, I would probably geek <laughs> out first. Like, right. Are you going to fly me out so that I can meet John Rempe, please? Like, mm -hmm. um, but no, like, it, they have to have a genuine passion for it. Like, if, mm -hmm. if it's not and they're just doing it for the money, then screw those people. Nobody needs that. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the world where your passion and money merge together. And it's a very, very rare thing, right? Like, if Blood Oath reaches out to you. Um, and then I think this is another thing. And we talked earlier about, you know, folks that are brand, brand new to the market. Um, I, I probably another place where you can justify paying an influencer content creator is if you have no idea how to market what you're doing, how to build campaigns, how to do things, they may not be actively doing anything, but they make great consultants, great people that can inform you like, this is how, I mean, if I was a brand new brand and I didn't understand how TikTok worked, I would absolutely reach out to Ryan Mills and say, how can I make this work for me? Right. Like, and, and so now I can pay you and you may not be a direct influencer, but you're helping me understand the algorithm, so to speak. Yeah. Don't call me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the thing. This is like I said in the very beginning, like, don't, don't, don't read into followers and all the other yeah. stuff. It, it's really based off of, here's what I like to say. I like to make content. Like I enjoy doing educational pieces. I enjoy uh, making weird things. Like I don't know, entertainment pieces, right? Um, I enjoy doing the reviews that I do because they're just, I don't know why people enjoy it, but people enjoy it. And, and that's the thing. But if you want to consult, hey, I'll give you my email address. I'm more than happy to do that. Um, because I do, I, I actually enjoy more consulting with other content creators more. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy when people come to me and they're like, I, we just don't know how you do it. And I kind of look at them and I go, I don't, I don't know how I'm doing it either. I'm just having fun. Have mm -hmm. fun with it. Don't look mm -hmm. at this. Don't look at that. Stop worrying about X, Y, and Z things. So um, 
Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I am never going to tell anybody you shouldn't get paid for a thing that you enjoy to do, mm -hmm. but definitely don't get paid for the wrong reasons to tell people that something is what it's not. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, like I said, that's gross. That just don't do that. Well, I and I think you go ahead. I was going to say, but I also think too, if that's something that you want to progress into as well, I don't think that there's anything wrong in doing that, like in making that, making a career out of that, you know, at, at the end of the day, like if that's something that drives you and you're passionate about, then that's perfect. Um, but don't do it just for the sake of doing it. And cause cash is being thrown your direction either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Ryan, I think what you, what you kind of touched on, what you do is more counterculture than it is, you know, direct mainstream. This is how TikTok works and that's why it works. Right. And so if you're the right brand and counterculture is a little weird because that's what, you know, like punk bands used to call themselves back in the eighties. And I don't think that you're quite a punk vibe, but it's, you said it yourself, the weird, it is the weird side. <laughs> the macabre. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just a weird side. Everybody, everybody enjoys their own little thing and, and having fun mm -hmm. with it. So that's all I'm saying. Don't, here's the deal. Don't put yourself up as like, I want to be an influencer because mm -hmm. then it's just, it, there's no guarantee in it. It's cringe. Well, it's cringe, but there's no guarantee. Like you, right. you don't. And, and I think that's what I love about the fact. And again, to your point, Ryan, is that we get so hung up on numbers and comments and all of that stuff. You know, you go out there and if it's something that makes you happy, just go and do it and do it for yourself more than anything else. And the stuff people will follow, people will gravitate to you. There's no rhyme or reason as to what hits better. And I've seen it. I mean, I have been around on Instagram since, you know, mid 2000s. And like, I've seen trends come and go. I've seen people come and go um, through that. And some things have hit and then they fizzled. And then some have just kind of stayed around. So you can't go into it going, this is what I'm going to be because you're just going to get frustrated over the fact that it's not progressing in the way that you want it to. Hence why I hate the term influencer. Mm -hmm. Like so influencer was, was, to me is the person that's like getting paid to like be disingenuous. Like mm -hmm. come on out to this wonderful beach resort. It's fantastic. Like what? <laughs> I will get paid to go to the beach. So if right. anyone <laughs> If the beach resort wants to call Chrissy, go right ahead. Please. <laughs> so yeah, for, for, for the multitude of beach resorts that are listening to this yes. particular yes. thing, this is it, right? Like, here, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an email address. We could wait. This isn't the beach out. resort podcast. Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, like that's there's ocean sounds in the background. Mm. Um, you know, we're, <laughs> without a doubt. But yeah, and, and, and there there are people, you know, uh, that that's what they set out to do. Um, there are a certain set of things that you can do that can ensure that you can get some degree of attention, right? Like it's really not hard to buy followers. It's really, really not, you know, like it, they're cheap and it's not a good way to really measure if they're real or not. And you know, there, there's a bunch of stuff out there, but, uh, but it eventually comes through in the content you create. 
Right. It comes that's... from the content you create and also with how the algorithm works now, it is so smart. So if you are buying followers, you will be buried. Mm-hmm. It is one that they don't want that at all. They are looking more and they're going to push through more people that aren't doing that than mm-hmm. are doing that. So buying followers is not the end all be all answer. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Especially you- on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram. I mean, I fight with the algorithm for for work aside from doing my own thing under a little dab of bourbon. But I fight constantly and trying like, OK, what's what's not happening this time? What's what do I have to do to hit in that regard? Like, um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's one thing that most people, the big misconception is like, well, I'll just buy followers and I'll just become more and more popular. And mm-hmm. it's the opposite effect. Yeah, and there, there, there's a there's a handful of of podcasts and whiskey folks that that's how they started, you know, five or six years ago is, is purchasing followers. And, and I'll admit, I'll be the one that'll say it here. Um, two years ago, I bought some TikTok followers, but they were not for me. I have a my my wife's friend is you know she's forty something and has a teenage daughter, and she was she told her daughter she's like I'm gonna get on TikTok and I'm gonna get more followers than you, just like like kind of messing with her. Um, and my wife told me about it and I absolutely that afternoon went online and bought like, you know, 500 followers to go follow her, but it was a website that was going to slowly trickle them up. And I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell my wife, I did it until this lady, I did it. And then, you know, you know, two weeks later, she's sitting at like a thousand followers and her daughter's got like a hundred and I just listened to the feedback and it was worth every dollar and it was cheap. It was super, super cheap. So it, it was, it was a, it was a spite purchase dealing with teenage kids. That's all it was. But oh, God. there are folks that'll do that. That that's, that's, that's a, a definite path that people can go down. Um, if they want to. Um, oh, and there are people that are out there just fully full blown admitting it. They don't care. Yeah. Like, like I said, on TikTok, especially TikTok mm-hmm. is wild and you can usually tell, like you can look at, uh, how many people are following somebody based off of like their view counts and their comment counts, like mm-hmm. engagement essentially. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, you have 40 something thousand followers, but like your videos are only reaching 600 people a video. Right. That's, that's a little weird. Yeah. So yep. it's, it's noticeable, trust me, but also the algorithm is also just a bear. So who knows, especially mm-hmm. with TikTok, who knows? Yeah. Instagram's more consistent anyway. Yeah. I, I, I stay there. That's I I've dabbled here and there on TikTok. I, I get a lot of information off of TikTok, but, um, follow a bunch of people, but I just, I, I think I had one video very, very early on um, before, when I was living in Kansas City and it was uh, walking downstairs to that one thing. You know, everyone has that one thing in their house, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. And I think it hit like 250,000 follow uh, views. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this is. And then like it just went wah, wah, wah. <laughs> from, <laughs> from that point. So I was like, I'm not even like Instagram is enough for me at this point in time. Yeah. So, like I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so what do you think there's anything out there that's going to like, is TikTok going to die eventually or is it here? Like, is it the replacement? Because, you know, Twitter's dwindling the way it is. 
nobody really cares about threads and you're left with like Instagram and TikTok and those are your two options. Oh man. I don't think it's going anywhere. I learned so much no. off of TikTok. Oh yeah. TikTok's <laughs> addictive. That's I think that's the number one thing. Like I don't get me wrong when I say this too. It's not like I, I truly 125 million percent care, but TikTok's entertaining. Like if I look right now at my screen time, it's probably unhealthy for a 30 something, 39 year old man uh, to be on TikTok just watching videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and you learn so many cool things from these short form videos. That's where I think it's 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 essentially going to. Don't get me wrong. Long form video is definitely fun, but I think attention spans are a little bit less these days. Mm-hmm. And having that, you know, minute to three minute kind of hit of, I just want to get some information out, get it done. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of here to stay. So that's why like reels have become more popular. I think that's why, you know, uh, YouTube's really focusing on their shorts. shorts. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, that's all because of TikTok, and the the app just keeps growing and growing, and growing from what I see or hear, you know, daily on the news and and other uh, organizations within TikTok. So I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think it's just going to morph. I think everything's going to kind of change and mm-hmm. be relatively similar. I I don't know what the next big thing is. That's the fun part. I will tell you though, like for me, I love TikTok the way that it is. I hate reels on Instagram. <laughs> Like I hate making reels, but I'm with you. I I've done it myself, but it's for me, it's like, I want one thing on Instagram (laughs) kind of do its thing. It's there for its reason. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, pictures or a little short, like less than a minute clip, but TikTok, I'm like, I'm engulfed in TikTok. Like, and I, I, I learned so much. And, you know, one day you can be um, on the political side of TikTok. The next day you can be on witchy TikTok or Taylor Swift TikTok. Like, and it's. Are we all on Taylor Swift TikTok? I was going to say, like, are you, are you looking at my feed? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like political, witches, Taylor Swift. I, I don't know, like, people hurting themselves. There's a- is anybody on UFO TikTok all of a sudden? Like, what is happening? I know. No, I haven't, I haven't ended up there yet. I I talked about Nick Bosa the other day and all of a sudden he starts popping up on my TikTok. I'm like, what is happening? I have to hear one more thing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift though. I'm, I'm, I'm a rage quit. So no, it's the best thing ever. It's the, it is a true live rom-com unfolding before our eyes. And I am perfectly fine with that. I'm just (laughs) so tired of seeing it from 17 million angles. (laughs) Listen, like now I'm going to have all the Swifties coming after me. I like Taylor Swift, everybody. I just don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, this I just relationship don't... may save the NFL. Like just, just to be real. Cause like viewership was on a significant downward trend. And I, I may have ended up in a fight with my spouse over it. Cause I was like, I wonder if the NFL like approaches Taylor Swift and was like, we'll give you $20 million to fake a short-term relationship with somebody because it's going to bump our viewers no. like that. No. And she was like, how could you do that? They're in love. How dare you? How dare you? They are in love. I will say I am a little sad not living in Kansas City at the moment because you'd have a shot (laughs) being able to go. Yeah. And seeing Taylor Swift in the wild. Yes. Yes. Inviting her into the store I worked at. Like, oh, God, it would have been great. 
I'd fangirl. I don't care what anybody says. If I saw Taylor Swift in public, I'd be like, oh, my God, uh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do know, do, do you do the fangirl thing or do you like pretend like you're cool about it? So that way you're the no, guy that didn't freak out, out. all day. Yeah, I can't help. I can't help it. Uh, I, do, I would geek. I geek out about random things. So it's mm -hmm. perfectly fine. I would fangirl out. I found out at the movie theater over the weekend handing out friendship bracelets to everybody. So <laughs> nice. Listen, uh, it's it's a solid three hours of just pure entertainment. Like the looking at it from a tech perspective, like just like, cause I'm a guy who like, you know, like sound and lights and used to do audio things for bands. And I'm watching this and I'm like, what it takes to make all of this work is amazing. You know, of course mm -hmm. I'm sitting there. I mean, it's my, I didn't go alone. Like I'm not sitting there with a bunch of, you know, 10 year old girls. It was my wife and my two daughters. Like we're sitting there. I look appropriate, not like a creepo, but nah, it's fantastic. They're doing the playground run through. They're like, who is this guy with? <laughs> Look, oh, okay. His wife and daughters. We got this. Okay. We're good. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you go into that theater with your daughter and you look and there's one guy sitting by himself. You're and waiting for that door like to open up and his like, family to come in. Like, why are you here? Even though it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a movie theater, he should be able to be there, but also a little weird. I haven't seen it yet. So don't give out the ending. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I absolutely did look at him and say, is there like, you know, is this like a Marvel movie where there's like post-credits uh, extra stuff? Like it, I did the same thing. I sat there an and everyone's leaving and I turned to my one friend and I was like, well, you know how in a Marvel movie and she looks at me and she goes, those words have never come out of my mouth. No, have I ever gone to a Marvel movie? No. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my wife did look at me and said, like, no. Let's, it's I, time I to leave. Like, I was like, we can't leave yet, guys. There's gonna be more. There's a there's a there's a sequel. Like, <laughs> what is the sequel? I don't know. Something. It's so good. It's so good listening to you guys. <laughs> Did you think this was gonna be a part of the conversation at all? I mean, um, whoever it, she is, one of the greatest influencers of our time. So on the in the world in between the world. her. Period. And Beyonce, they could sell anything. Yeah. That's what it, so listen, all the whiskey companies out there, what you need to do is get Beyonce <laughs> or Taylor Swift to, to talk. Thank you. I'll take a consulting fee. Um, but <laughs> they don't, well, she doesn't even do, have to talk about it. She just has to be seen holding a bottle. That's, that's all it. that has to happen that's at it. this point. Now, this is the scary part. We're going to see her like walking around with like Fireball or Jameson Orange, and we're all going to go. Malort is making a run for it. they like, we got this. Jetson's on the phone right now. No. We got 87 cents. That's what our marketing budget is right now. And how much money can we pay to get Travis Kelsey to be traded to the Chicago Bulls? Or the Chicago Bulls. Jesus, the Chicago Bears. I mean, I think it would probably work for either one of those things. It could work. It's not weird. The bull. I don't even know where to go from there. I don't even know where to go. We're already <laughs> off the rails, everybody. I mean, Taylor Swift, there's Taylor Swift. There's that's usually the conversation. Nothing weird about that. Yeah. After no, a few whiskeys, I mean, that's the like natural course of the conversation. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't talk about her sooner, honestly. Right. Honestly, I should have led with that. Realistically, if I wanted the algorithm to work in my favor, more Taylor Swift content. content. That's, yeah. just, that's the answer. Time. 
Yeah. So like just tag it. Hashtag Taylor. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. You're like today on the embellished pod. Hashtag. We're talking with Chrissy, a little dab of bourbon, Ryan, mm -hmm. that one dude, Ryan. And we, as we talk about Taylor Swift and whiskey, <laughs> yep, you'll get the Travis Kelsey fans because it says whiskey and you'll get all the Swifties because it says Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to have to be a Tennessee whiskey now that I think about it because she's a Tennessee girl, right? So she's going to have to find a Tennessee brand that wants to partner with her. Old Dominic. It'd be great. Oh, it'd be perfect. They have good whiskey. They do. That'd be perfect. You know, you, at KBF, let's just go ahead and say this. At KBF, it would have been good to have more of a longer form conversation. I'm pretty sure that would have been absolutely bonkersly boring for people in the crowd. But um, I think that this is kind of a nice, healthy conversation to have with people. Just random people, mm -hmm. right? With as far as, you know, what you do in the world today, the kind of, the kind of um, uh, fun that you like to have on the internet and what different styles of content creators, influencers, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, um, are out there. As long as they can give honest answers, like it's a great conversation to be had. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had two or three more things in my head to actually go over, but at this point, mm -hmm. who cares? Well, and I think that's, to your point, that's one thing that we did discuss at the KBF is the fact that, you know, is there enough space for content creators like to like or is it too saturated and i think that there's enough space for everybody everybody brings something so different so uniquely them and i think that's what continues to like we're bonded over the whiskey it's something for us to all bond over we have things that we're going to gravitate towards more or less um for me as a female um, there are things that I definitely gravitate to more versus other things. And there are some things that um, as a female in a working in a very male dominated industry um, that for me, I have a tendency to back off of. If you are comfortable doing what you're doing, that is great. Um, but I am also of the mindset of some things are a little bit diminishing to how do i say this and again it's it's no offense to any particular mm -hmm. male or female who would like to show a little extra <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's not for me but more power to you but i also along with several others in the industry also feel it's women in the industry we we don't have to lean on that. We can lean forward with our knowledge, with content that doesn't have to go in that direction. Is that, so, is that, make, am I making sense? I'm trying it, like, to be it very does, about this. You're trying to be very political about this. And I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll recap I know it's very, and I know I'm going to probably get a lot of slack on this. Um, Cause I have, there's like nine people that are going to listen to this. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, but we're talking Swifty. The, 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 what, what I was going to say is, you know, so my wife went with me to the, the festival and, you know, we went to the barrel event. We went somewhere else in between there and going to um, the broken barrel event. And um, we were in a particular liquor store in downtown Louisville. And my wife, who is she knows a little bit about whiskey, but is just not super, super invested. But she's fantastic with the camera. 
um, very artistic. And so I was like, Hey, I want you to just snap some pictures. Shoot. You bring your SLR, you shoot some sh shots, whatever. Um, we're standing in this liquor store. And as we leave, she was like, you realize like how Mojo Dojo Casa house that that particular place was right. Like you realize that. And, I, and it, no, I hadn't, I had not even crossed my mind the amount of burgundies and hunter greens and wood shelves and metal pipes that there were in the particular place I was. And so it put me in a mindset for the entire event. And this is something, and, and I said this, I, I did a recap of the, the festival for an episode a couple of weeks ago. And I think the thing that's missing from the marketing material for that particular event is the diversity that was actually at the event. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you go and look at it, it's not quite as, it doesn't appear as friendly as it might have been. Uh, I did notice there were significantly more women in attendance this year than there were last year. And I've been the, the last three years and last year was better than the year before. Um, so it is a growing segment, but there's this huge gaping kind of missing piece of the whiskey marketplace around women in my perspective. And I, I hate doing that as a, I'm a guy telling a woman that there's a missing gaping hole in the market. Right. But that's like 40 44, 46% of the marketplace is women. Who's marketing to them? Who's marketing correctly to them? Yeah. Who's at all? No, I'm just saying at all who's marketing to them. Well, I mean, and there's a few. Take it and reduce it down to who's doing it well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, I, 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 I can go that route. Right. Because there are, are two a few out there that are marketing. Ways. They're just doing it really bad. Right. Like, yes. And, and and that's that's like a that's a thing that I want to work that I'm trying to work on right now for a much longer off episode because you know I, I had several friends just like okay go go talk to your wife who's not a whiskey person walk around your shelves and look at things and tell me which bottle comes off as not overtly masculine not built for a guy to pick up and um and and display proudly on his shelf or whatever and and it's staggeringly low what doesn't come off that way. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I say that with this floating in here, it definitely is low. There are a few companies that do it well, as far as like the look, they're more of a, um, how do I put it? Cause I'm they They don't, they don't come across as overly masculine, right? Mm -hmm. There's not like a, a, a tone to the way that it looks. But then, like I said, there's there's a couple out there that are just like put pink on it. Yeah, like put I don't, pink on it and, it. and it's a women's brand now. Right. But that, yeah, it gets to be. I'm not it, saying it, that's the right choice. That's that's the answer for a lot of marketing companies. Right. Let's put exactly. pink on it. Right. So it is it is definitely something that I think more companies need to come to the table and kind of figure out. Right. Like, it's just something that needs to be done. And I don't want to say it like as a dude, as that one dude, but like. It's it is definitely something that needs to be talked about. It is definitely something that needs to be talked about by the brands for the brands mm -hmm. and bring in the people that should be telling them how to do it. Mm -hmm. I and that's and again, I think that's something that also goes as far as like your content creators is you know being more women focused in that regard. Um I I was the only woman that was on that panel. Um, I'm the only woman here this evening and, you know, it is something again, that, and because I'm in it on a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, I can tell you incredible stories from, you know, even working in a retail store being 
called Sweetheart and told me, you know, hey, honey, do me a favor and go downstairs and grab me that bottle of Buffalo Trace or whatever, you know, and it's it's very interesting in that regard still that we are here. And John, to your point this year, and I saw it, there were way more women that were involved. But what I did see, though, running through on Instagram was not those women represented. Mm-hmm. Very, very little were those women represented in stories or reels other than the female content creators that I follow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I found very interesting and thought that that was something that's like, it's one of those things you put in the back of your mind and like, okay, like, so we have progressed in the fact that we saw more women at KBF, but still the market side of that is still way back over here. It's not yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it feels like a lot of places attempt is either make it pink or t- talk about cocktails. And those are the only two ways to, to market to, to women mm-hmm. specifically. And, you know, I, not trying to co-opt your story or what you've experienced, but I was at a um, tasting event in um, Lexington back in the spring and Peggy No Stevens is leading the tasting for us which is an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And there is a gentleman that's sitting, you know, four seats away from me that proceeds to try to explain to her how tasting should work. And. And he knew who she was going to this. Absolutely. Event? Absolutely. Absolutely knew. I, and, and I don't, I don't know what my reaction is supposed to be, but my reaction was to get up and walk out of the room for a few minutes because I, I couldn't like. It's the reaction that we just gave. <laughs> it, well, there were, and there were people sitting around me that were, that were doing that, but I had to leave because I wanted to say something, but also I, I don't, I'm not trying to save her from anything. I'm just, you know, like, wh- what do I do here? And I was, I don't, I back to the anchor man. I don't know what to do with my hands. So I'm just going to leave the room for a few minutes and I'm going to come back Bobby. in and um, we're going we're gonna to bring the, that's what it was. I start. You're correct. There you go. Ricky Bobby, not Anchorman. But uh, you know, did have the conversation later on. I'm like, hey, that's a that's a pretty gutsy move to try to talk to a Titan. Right. Would you have done that if it was a guy? <sighs> that is a very that's a weird place to be in. I can tell you that much. That would have to I I don't know what I would do either in that situation. I would want to be the guy that goes, Hey buddy. Shut the fuck up. That's right. that's what I. That's like what just I wanted quiet, to say. Like, uh, she knows more than you. And then, like, just sit back down. All of us. There's yeah. there's no one in this building like, that knows anything more. The f- oh, I am. I'm literally. There's. It's very. Uh, God, it's very rare that I'm without words. That is one that just wild, right? Wow. I mean, that's why. I, that's why I asked. Did he know who she was? Like. Mm-hmm. Because, like, how do you, and especially being in bourbon or have any type of understanding of bourbon, how do you not know who Peggy No Steven is? And the influence that that woman has, I mean, she is one of my absolute, like, idols. I mean, first time I met her, I bawled like a baby. Um, Because when I first came on the scene, I was cooking with bourbon, writing recipes about it. And people were telling me that I was completely and totally fucking nuts and that it was a stupid idea. I should never do that because no one's going to cook with their bourbon. And I was like, I grew up in a big Italian family. And in my family, you cooked 
you cooked with what you drank. So my grandmother was from the South. She would cook with bourbon. She would brine her chicken with bourbon. She would do all of those things. And when I first met Peggy, it was like that, like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can. And she solidified that for me. And again, just the amount of influence she has had on distilleries and brands and just the... Uh, oh wow the audacity the audacity, the audacity. <laughs> i'm like I, my mind that's what's written like, right here <laughs> is the audacity all three of us were on the same page on that one that, that, that when you when you asked what would have a person do that it that's the answer is the audacity, yeah. audacity. pure ignorance of not understanding but, what's going on in the room yeah. like, but that that's, that speaks to very very common things and you know i, I had a conversation with Jackie's I can very similar conversation you know I, this is not uncommon um what and may, this may be a loaded question what 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 can we as male influencers do to change this can we could we I, I don't know I can speak on that mm -hmm. actually um because I, I, I had a situation to where I was, when I was working in Kansas City, uh, I was the whiskey buyer for my store. It's a very prominent store in the area, one of the largest ones. And um, my rep brought me a product and I simply just took a picture and posted it and said, what a way to start the week. And from there, a slew of it got to a point where it was just very overwhelming, but that right there is what men can do. There were men who came out, men who surprised me, who just always try and stay neutral because again, it's kind of that thing. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do, what to say in that regard, but it was because I had several men who came out first to speak out against it and say, dude, this was, this is disgusting. We don't, we don't need to go down this path. We don't need to speak to women this way. We don't treat women this way. We don't, we do not. And I, it was overwhelming in the most amazing way, how the whiskey community came together around that. And it's because of the fact that Nate, I, Nate and John from Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Nate from I saw a couple of the 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 bigger at the time the bigger guys right in the community they were they I mean they all jumped on it it was great uh, I I know that's where I think the first situation where I was introduced to you whiskey in whiskey. general yeah is because of that was because of that and I was like I don't know who this person is but to see what you did in response was like, hell yeah. And just, it was an instant follow at that point because of that, my wife, Chrissy, which is hilarious. Uh, mm -hmm. My wife, short Italian woman takes no crap from anyone. And that's including any dude, any woman, any mm -hmm. dog or cat or whatever, but she will just, she'll just, she'll snap back. No issues. I'm a little bit more calculated in my response yeah. to things, but I love it. I love seeing somebody just go, fuck you. 
right? Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the beauty behind all of that. I never said one word. No. Never said one word. All I did was took his words and shared it. And that was it. And I think that was much more powerful than me coming out on the attack. Um, There was obviously a lot of stuff on the back end that people don't know that transpired from that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was because of Nate, uh, whiskey with a view, John, dad's drinking bourbon. Um, those two gentlemen kicked it off in a way that just, I will forever, forever be indebted to them because, and just hold such a special place in my heart because they stood out against that. And there were many people. Now, this was a great example also for a brand to be able to like lob this up out of the park. Understanding our consumers today are so much more educated than they ever have been in, in the entire time that whiskey has been around. And that you could have easily just, that ball was thrown at you, could have knocked it right out of the park and engaged everybody in a very meaningful way. So it was a really great, um, opportunity and learning lesson for any company, but to take it to the extent that that guy took it. And, but the beauty was to see the community come around that. And the majority of that were men, women mm-hmm. too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to discredit the women that came out of it, but it's those moments. And it's, I think it's how you step up to the plate to do it. You know, like both of you had said, like, oh, I'm not here to save anybody. And that's fair. I don't want anyone to save me. But also at the same time, I think it is important that when you see something wrong, you just come out and be like, dude, Mm -hmm. that's no, we don't do that. Have their back. Yeah. Yeah. Be a supporter. Be a be a, a, a partner in this situation, not a. Well, you're being an ally essentially, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're just an ally in that moment. And, you know, you wouldn't want your wife to go through that, your daughters to go through that. Um, So I think it's just something as, as simple as that. That was long winded, but yes. No, no, (laughs) No, it's a good conversation. It's a great conversation to have, to be completely and utterly honest, because there are situations where it does at least on, I'll just say on my level, my, my feelings towards it is like, I don't want to come across as like a, what is it? Savior complex or a yeah, white, white savior. Like, I don't want yeah. that. I want to, I want to be the ally in the situation. I would like mm-hmm. to be somebody who's got your back to say whatever you want or yeah. do whatever you want. So it's a good conversation to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I had, uh, that was, that particular situation for you was like very early in what I was doing. And I was so late to that story. Like it had all trained. Cause that's how unattached I was to social media at that point in time. Like the story was over by the time I knew it was a story. I was like, Oh, Oh, wow, this whole up. thing happened. I should really pay more attention. Oh, I, right? I mean, it was, I mean, it was wild the way that mm-hmm. it got picked up. Um, I had people coming out of, I mean, I couldn't keep up. Um, I ended up like, and it was also right in the middle of while this was going on. Um, there was, like I said, there was stuff going on behind the scenes um, that was happening with this particular story. 
Um, but also I was in the middle of getting ready to move to Louisville. Um, my dog had died um, and trying to find a job. It was like all of these things, like just mm. like compounding on each other. And then like when I got to Louisville, I had to go dark. I, I just needed to Sweet. decompress and I needed a break because it just was so much. But mm -hmm. at the same, like I even went back to people, I made sure um, and there are people still to this day that I go back to because um, some people are like, well, you never replied back to me. You never said anything in it. Um, it wasn't from a lack of not wanting to. It just mm -hmm. became such a trigger, um, even seeing a DM, because mm -hmm. there were so many from uh, his side that mm -hmm. had also come after me, um, which was very scary um, and very real because that guy put my information out there. People knew where I worked. He specifically told them where to find me, um, gave them my name. Um, I had to have security at work. It was uh, a wild. And there, that aspect of it, people didn't know. So like, um, you know, I went back to people specifically said I didn't because I, I wanted to thank people for supporting me. Like I, I didn't feel I did anything that was so. Mm -hmm wild do you know what i mean i just brought his crappy behavior to, to the forefront you know what i mean yeah. like i didn't think it did anything that was so like wow oh my gosh but it wasn't egregious like what they did was right I, all you did was pull back the curtain to something that was right. already there right like yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't anything else that's out there and that's 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 maybe a maybe a, a, a good vein to be in is like there's there's this other side of being in, in, in Ryan's position and your position um, where there's like this human element of exposing yourself to the public and potentially creating danger for yourself. Right. Yeah. Like um, working I mean, something I fun. Trolls. I don't deal you with deal that. With like I deal with trolls. And if, if, if that was a situation, like I could understand the, how would I put like a safety aspect to it? Like, it's mm -hmm. just, that's, that's overwhelming. Like where somebody wants to essentially like dox you on the internet because you went, this is how my day started. Like completely innocuous made it a big deal. Like yeah. they could have just scroll, move along. 1000%. 1000%. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. But the point of that is it's just having that conversation. And, you know, I think even asking a female, like, you know, what feels good, like, as far as like to support you, how can I help support you in that? Like, what is going to make you feel okay in me speaking up and speaking out? Um, I didn't, in that situation, it just happened very fast, but I've had, you know, men in my life who've asked, cause they know like Ryan, like your wife, I'm, I'm a short Italian lady from New Jersey and I go zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. And <laughs> Jersey in the house. <laughs> I'm full. You know, when that switch flicks, that's it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, and you know, it's just asking, I think getting curious and just asking. Oh yeah. My favorite thing ever is whenever I see something that's uh, uh, relatively, I'll just say sexist. It is, it's a, just a swift comment, but it's always just, no, mm. like you're not going to come into my, on my comments. You're not going to come on my comments and be a, just a complete uh, dick. 
in any way, shape, or form. I don't care who you are. Like, it could go one way or the other. It's just a simple no. And if you keep it up, I mean, there's a block button for a reason. Yep. Right. It's very easy. Oh, but very. Unbelievable. I didn't know you were from Jersey. Nice. Yeah. It was a Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? Taylor Ham. Yes. We already had this conversation because I posted one and you literally were like, oh, it's pork roll. No. Oh, no. My wife has no idea what pork roll or Taylor ham is because she's from Long Island. So oh, that's, that's <laughs> I'm from Kentucky and I love food and I'm writing down what this is so I know. Like I'm, I, there's a Google that's happening later on. So Listen, John, I'm telling you right now, you would love it. It is, it is the best thing ever. Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwich. Mwah. Chef's kiss. It is oh. the best Best thing, and the best thing is I can get it here in Kentucky, which is so incredible. Where in Kentucky? Like what a BJ's whole sailor? Whatever no, it's called. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? A liquor store. What? Yeah, see, the podcast has gone off the rails because that's interesting. It's that's not so off the rails. This is content for us. Let's go. What is this? This is the most incredible. Like I was blown away. I was just walking, by, and you know, it's just like a. It's it's a roll and I'm like walking by like their meat and cheese section. And all of a sudden I look and I'm like, well, ain't that some shit right there. Like, <laughs> bought immediately. Like I'm I, know, I, can't, I was like, maybe this is a limited thing. So I bought like eight of them. <laughs> like, Cause I was just, I took everything they had. And then it's something that they continually carry. Dan's over there like, what is what is no, I'm already I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at a picture of it right at this exact I'm gonna try my best. It's just a it's a cured ham. It's a cured yeah. like meat product is probably the best way of putting it. I yeah, know, this is this really is fancy spam. Of? I know what this is. This is fancy spam. My wife says spam and I take offense to that, but I it, agree. It's offensive. it's not wet. It's no. cured, so it's right got, because like, it's because because it's not in a it's not in a can that's meant to be shipped to Hawaii. <laughs> You have to you have to take the plastic off of it, then you have to rip it out of its canvas, and then yeah. you have to slice it. Not thin. I'm a thick guy. Like you have to slice it thick. But you right. have to cut four corners on it. You have to. It has to look make like it look like an iron cross. Over. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know where that goes, but yes, because if you don't, when you fry it, it bubbles up. It, it does. It becomes like a little pepperoni cup, and it's not. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I like we we fried bologna for a long time. Like I, I know how to. No, cook it's not bologna. It is. No, but I'm saying it, it's the same principle. You how you have to cut it is how you have to cut bologna like, if you're no. going to fry it. Oh yeah. Like I Every know it's not bologna, it. but it's the exact same problem. It's either thin cut or it's thick cut. It's you got to cut the, cut the the slices in it so it doesn't cup up and only cooking the edges and then on the other side in the. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I don't know right. what to call the other side of it without sound ter sound terrible. So just the other side where it's bowled up, right? Because you get so the edges on one side. Of the South Jersey, mid what? to South Jersey. You're from mid to South Jersey. Yes, I was. We were. Oh God, where was I? It's been a very long time. I was born in Jersey. My my parents are from Jersey. Um, I have I go back every now and then because it's one of my markets that I have to travel to. Um, but yes. Mid to South Jersey, like I have family in, uh, in, uh, oh my God, something township. I can't remember the name of it now. They're going to kill me for this, by the way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, something with an H. I can't remember. But my aunts and uncles used to live like in Bradley Beach and all that jazz. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
No, see, I grew up in the northwest part of Jersey, and it was Taylorham always. So, oh, yeah, I'm up there all day. Like, I I have to fly into Newark. I have to stay up in like uh, the Parsippany area. Not yeah, 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 Parsippany. Yeah, that's like that's where all my family is. Like, still, like my mom, my sisters, like all up in that area. So I was just there in August, actually. I, I love going back. So it's my favorite. I love driving in snow. It's my favorite. Mm. No, I'm good. I'm, that's where truly I am a Florida boy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss that part. <laughs> I get ice I would, here. Yeah. I was going to say, I would, I would take snow or I would take uh, Florida, but I don't like being in the ice band. No, no, no. There's just really not much you can do with it. You just wait until it melts. Exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. That's why the Giants then. I get that now. Yes. Giants, yeah. Devils, and Yankees. All right. We we are on we agree on one. I'm not big on hockey, so we'll take that off the board. But um I actually grew up a Cowboys fan because my one grandfather was a huge Cowboys fan, uh Staubach era, and would watch mm-hmm. the games with him. Um, but since then though, like living in Kansas city for over eight years and being there when the Royals win, um, I'm diehard Yankees all day. Don't come at me on that. Um, however, I have adopted the Kansas city chiefs. I am slightly obsessed. So nice. Yeah. John just likes his, uh, fruity pebbles dunks. <laughs> and now we're to shoes. Is that where, is that the direction we're going? Sorry, on? it just took a weird turn, but I was <laughs> absolutely had somebody trying direction. to convince me to let them eat fruity pebbles out of the shoes just for content. What? Yeah, I would never. No, it was at the festival. It was, it was one, of, one of our friends at the festival was absolutely after that. I was like, I can't know because how are you ever going to get the smell of milk out of your shoe? It's not going to happen. You should throw it away. It's over. Especially if you bought those secondary. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a thing. And then beyond that, like I'm interested in making some content, but I don't know that I'm willing to debase myself at that level. (laughs) How do I feel like I know who said that? (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you can sort that one out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, were they going to replace the shoe? I don't know that I could ever, I don't know that I could ever put one of them on again after watching somebody do that. Right. Because like, it's just a, it's a trigger. It's a memory. It's like, Ooh, <laughs> I'll know. never be able to wear these again. Never. <laughs> right. Even if they were clean, it's still like a, mm, it's a bad memory. I don't, Watched a grown like man eat. So they squished? Like, still mm. like... <laughs> I'm going on StockX right now to do that. <laughs> you, I mean, honestly, if you're doing it for this, you can just buy a kid version, right? Like, you can go buy a little toddler version so you don't have to spend as much money. You can get the cheaper ones. That's true. That's honestly, true. I should suggest that to him. Be like, hey, you know, go to StockX or um, Goat or whatever and see if you can find a kid's. <laughs> it's fair. See, this is weird. This is what happens when you drink whiskey, everyone. You get to have weird, but also cool and poignant conversations. 
Yeah. Makes sense I'm, to me. I'm over here searching for Taylor pork roll ham on Amazon where <laughs> you can get it. Absolutely. If, I don't, did you get it on Amazon? $47 for three pounds. No, 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 no. You don't need to do that. I'm, I'll tell you the Good liquor Lord. store to go to. And <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> so I've, I've got the, the, my liquor store here in town. They, they regularly keep um, meats and bacons in the freezer. I may just be like, hey, there's a store in Louisville that has some. You guys ought to be able to as well. Bring me some, um, yeah. some yeah. fancy nice. spam. John. Oh, that that really hurts my soul. Like, <laughs> I'm starting to regret saying yes to this. <laughs> Honestly, an if it took to you to an hour and 56 minutes, <laughs> almost two hours, I did into it. it did great. Now I'm regretting it. We did. <laughs> oh, man. It was all good up until that point and call it spam. Yeah. You know, I, I have a way of ruining things at the fancy end. spam. <laughs> Yeah, fancy. it's it, it, at least it's fancy, right? You take that it's back. Like, there's nothing fancy about it. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in a neat little bag instead of a can, right? Like there's, there's it's this, it. It's this is, it looks like it comes from an actual butcher, right? It does okay. not. I can tell it doesn't, no, but it looks like it should. It definitely comes from a factory with people that questionably wash their hands. So. All I, I know it is in a skillet and frying it. It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. Like, and when people ask me honestly, "What's your favorite breakfast meat?" I'm like, pork roll. And they're like, "What is that?" Like, what do you mean? What is that? You clearly are not a person of class. No, <laughs> clearly. See, I said it was fancy, and and you're telling me it's a class thing, right? You so eat it with it. your pinky up. No. Mm -hmm. You eat and it if like, you're gonna like put fancy ketchup on it. Like you actually have to get the fancy brand. You have right? to get Heinz. It has to be Heinz. Okay. Or not at all. I well or yeah. I don't know, but I. Well, it depends on how you eat it. Yes. Okay, I'll say that. Yeah, but I mean, like when you would go to like, like well, when I would go to like a deli and that, like it, they would do ketchup, salt, pepper, egg, yeah. you know, that whole thing, either on a hard roller or bagel, like either yeah. one. Pork I feel like there's cheese. no way that I can accurately recreate this sandwich the same as the deli did. No, you I'll, I'll take care of that for you. You're we're in the same state at least. I'll I'll yeah. be happy to take care of that for you. All you need is an egg or two, depending on how big your roll is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pork roll that's cut like this thick. Mm -hmm. Like it's gotta be hearty piece. It can't be thin sliced with like no. multiples. It has to be one piece and yep. then American cheese. Please Have deli bought it. Not like, don't take it out of a plastic. No, craft singles. It can't be craft singles. It's got to be somebody yeah. sliced it up. It, it has to be, be real cheese. And the bread is crucial. Bread is crucial. Yes. Depending on what you're putting it on to. Well, that's hard roller. Like bagel. Hard roll. Yeah. Hard roller bagel. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Somebody, that's one time I had it on a Kaiser roll and it wasn't the same. No. It has to be that crisp with the, with the, uh, fluffiness in the middle of it like a hard roll yeah someone tried to like serve it like between like uh wheat toast one time to me and i was like i don't yeah. i don't That's know what it. this what is this they're like who's oh. eating wheat toast um That's i'm the sorry problem uh what psychopath made me this <laughs> that's what i would have done take this back please go and get at least a bagel yes and, and come back and talk to me <laughs> So is this like a plain bagel? Is it an everything bagel? Like, it just has to be a good one. Yeah, a good one. 
See me person like me personally, I don't like everything bagel or mm-hmm. garlic or I like just a plain bagel with mm-hmm. that's I'm I'm traditional solid. That's same it. Same one. Because yeah. the pork roll, trust me when I say this, oh, it's, so good. it's going to be enough for it. It's it's gonna yeah. bring all the flavor. You don't need anything it's- else. I'm Welcome just trying to make to- sure I get my culture appropriate. Like I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I am being cultured. You will offend and, tens of thousands of New Jerseyans. I don't even know if that's the right word. Yeah, that is. People from New Jersey. New Jerseyans. New Jersey. New Jerseyans. Right. I don't know. No. I don't even know what they call the people in my neck of the wood. Are we tampons? That you're, doesn't sound well, right. you're overall Floridians. Floridians. Okay. If you have to call me that. Um <laughs> Tamponian? That still sounds bad. Like yeah. either way, it's not good. No. Yes, it is a New Jerseyan or New Jerseyite. Yeah, I don't like the ite. We'll go. With either that. one of those are appropriate. Right. It's not as it's easy not like as like Michigan New York or, right. or Pennsylvanian. Yeah. Which is honestly New Jersey. Just top it's half goes to New York, bottom half goes to Pennsylvania. Nobody would probably miss it. Maybe somebody tell me I'm lying when I say that too, because the bottom half is all Pennsylvania. The top half is all New York. Correct. Sorry. This got really weird. Now, if people act, if any of those nine people listening, listen to this, they're going to immediately go. We need to go yell at him. Real well, central. No, don't worry. We'll, we'll cut this central. into a real or a short. So it'll be fun. Oh, even better. So but here's people. the thing is like, it is broken down to three parts, North, yeah. Central and South. South can go either, or South is truly like Philly, Pennsylvania. North yeah. is truly New York. Um, Central is the Garden State. <laughs> it, it's weird. You can go either way. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Yeah, My husband I mean, is from Central Jersey, and eh. <laughs> the the bottom the bottom uh, thirty miles of the state of Kentucky is just Tennessee. It's just <laughs> other Tennessee. It's just other Tennessee. That's fair. Yeah. Like Owens, like you mean like um, Yeah, if you if you run Owens just slightly Green. south of Owensboro and you hit you know Franklin's Bowling Green, Owensboro. It's just other Tennessee. And and I say that I live in Murray, which is a part of other Tennessee, right? Like that's where we yeah. are. So okay. it's yeah, it just is. That's fair. Well, let me tell you about Florida. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We watch the news. You already know, like yeah. Weird people of Florida. We we follow that. I might be in the most sane part of Florida. Is there a part, sane part of Florida? Aren't you in the Tampa area where there's like a lot of cocaine? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, in the Tampa area. I've been to Tampa. I've been to Ybor City. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Ebor can get a little bit crazy. Like, let's just go ahead and just say that. Ebor yeah. can definitely get a little crazy, especially like Friday night, Saturday night. Ebor City is like a place where we go to club. It's like a yeah. clubbing district, essentially. But Tampa's all around. It's pretty sane for the most part. Like, go to some of the other, like, bigger cities in Florida. They can get a bit uh, dicey, like weird. But is that like a good comparison metric is like the other cities in Florida? If you're going to compare them, compare them with the other cities in Florida. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I wouldn't compare it to like New York or DC. Yeah. As far or... as Florida cities go, Tampa is pretty fine. Yes. Okay. 
now that I'm disowned by the state that I live in. <laughs> Except for Tampa. The the, the city exactly. around you is like yes. our God. Everybody in Tampa is like, thank you for saying that we are all right in comparison to others. <laughs> The, the folks in Fort Myers are upset right now. No, let, let them be. Have you been there? It's not that great. Um, <laughs> but Tampa has a really good whiskey community. That's the cool part. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think uh, in comparison to some of the other cities and societies that we have across the state, uh, we're a pretty decent-sized one that, uh, you know, really good shops here. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Really good shops, really good owners. I don't have anything else. I'm just staring into the abyss. Yeah. I will say I'm really surprised Mattingly hasn't come up. Anytime I do any type of like video, anything, she always makes an appearance. She has to. I was like, are you talking about Jay Mattingly? What are we talking about? (laughs) I was like, is is there there drama? I can stop. I can pause and we can talk drama with the dog. Got it. My dog Mattingly. (laughs) After Dawn? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yankees. Don Maddie. Oh, Don. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don. I was like, I'm like, you, when you said Don, I was like, who is Don Mattingly? And then I, Don. Don. It, it was the, it's yeah. the only other Mattingly that I can come up with that would make any sense, right? Like, we were talking, we were talking well, whiskey, there's Mattingly. Like, but then, yeah. Not naming it after the bourbon. Um, right. My favorite Yankee player. One of that's I had a cat named OC. Oh, for OC Yumanura, yeah, from the Giants. We had a cat named Herzog, like Whitey Herzog, like the former manager for the Cardinals because he was solid white, but he had a bald spot on his head from where something happened, and so he yeah. looked like an old white guy that was sort of fat and bald, and then it fit Whitey <laughs> Herzog to a T. I was a kid, you know, it was the best you can do. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in for this offering from the Embellish Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave me a review on whatever platform you have to be consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible. Hit me up on social media at TikTok or Instagram using Embellish Pod. And give me a follow so you can keep up with what's going on here. I can be found at www.embellishpod.com with all of my links, accounts, contact details, and more. Thanks for stopping by.